0: Hello, I'm Rabbi Iggy, and welcome to Tattoos and Torah. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Tattoos and Torah. I'm Rabbi Iggy out of the Tshuva Center, and today I wanted to talk about the difficulty I find sometimes in the sustaining of faith in a predominantly secular world. Spirituality is what I'm talking about, and I also want to talk about surrender, which is a big concept both in spirituality and in recovery. As a spiritual person, as a spiritual leader, I strive to find spirituality, and I've created a community around me of people that help me do that. But this world is harsh and unforgiving, and we are also in constant tension between our intent of a more mindful life and the harsh reality of it, of the world that does not always make it easy to maintain this equanimity. So let's start with some basics. How do I define spirituality? Where is God? And most importantly, how do I surrender to my higher power? In one of my favorite books, Lonely Man of Faith by Rabbi Yosef Dov Soloveitchik, he examines some of what I'm talking about. The book itself has been a great influence on me since I was very young. The premise of the book is this if you read the bible closely you will find that in the first two chapters of the story there are two creation stories that tell different stories about how adam and in fact eve too were created these two atoms adam one and adam two let's call them from their creation represent two different approaches in his book soloveitchik also known as the rav examines these two atoms and their roles their attitudes and their gifts in life They are indeed both created in God's own image. Remember that. We will get back to that later. In our story, Adam the first is commanded to dominate the earth. Adam the second, on the other hand, is placed in the Garden of Eden. His role not quite clear as yet. Adam the first is a sophisticated, capable, secular figure, while Adam the second is essentially spiritual in nature. This interpretation of the disparity is a purposeful paradox since we know that really there's only one atom in the end. This paradox is essential to human nature. We are constantly torn between worldly concerns and spiritual fulfillment. I'm sure you can start seeing where I'm going with this. This tension is hard and difficult. And perhaps because of that, faith, surrender, spirituality, spiritual growth is hard, but it was always meant to be this way. This may come as comfort to some and hardship to others. For some, it validates the difficulty that they are feeling with the subject. And that's how I felt when I read this many years ago. It rang true to me. It still does. Faith, God, spiritual quest, my attempts at creating meaning in my life is never easy, still to this day. And for some, this might be discouraging. But we all know nothing that's worth anything in life is ever easy. So spirituality is hard to achieve. Why? Because it's not an asset. It's not a room you can be at. It's a discipline, a way of life. One that has to be balanced with the material world. They cannot be one without the other. Many, of course, confuse spirituality with religion. Organized religion is one way to spirituality, but it is not, in my opinion, the best way, nor is it the only way. Faith, spirituality, surrender, refers rather to a state of submissiveness to the higher power. Don't get tripped over this word. We'll get to it. It's much more complex of an issue, this submissiveness, surrender, spirituality. And I'll try and make it a little simpler. Surrender, Soloveitchik writes as well, says, when humble man makes a moment of recoil and lets himself be confronted and defeated by a higher and truer being. You see, we never really know God or higher power. We create metaphors, we try and understand, try and make meaning of it. In this attempt, we create a paradox again. We need to believe in something that cannot be understood by us. We are in constant state of looking for something that can't be found. This creates somewhat of a existential despair since we never really fully know God, and I don't believe that we can, as well as an incomparable joy when we do feel its presence. Great moments of being connected, of inspiration, aha moments, Godshot moments, birth of a child, great beauty, falling in love, etc., etc. But faith in the in-between moments, the majority of our life, Waiting between feeling such moments of joy and trying to hold on to hope and attempting to connect or understand is lonely because it cannot effectively communicate or sustain the tension between the divine and the day-to-day grime. In plain words, it hurts to not know, to be in between, so we ignore it or try and distract ourselves. It is part of this hole in one soul that we talk about. Not wanting to live in this loneliness, which is different, of course, than being alone, means the sense of self that tries and understands one's purpose, but stares into a world that does not always answer back. So, sadly, humanity needs faith, but it is unable to just believe. Again, this paradox is perennial. It is contemporary. Back to the two Adams for a second to try and solve this. So Adam one that is guided by the quest for dignity is trying to control his environment at all times. He is a large, creative, and majestic personality. The world can be conquered and mastered by him. That's what he tries to do. Everything has a utility. Adam the second, he wants redemption. He wants chuva. He wants connection. He wants to understand and control over himself, not the world. He is humble and submissive, but yearns for an intimate relationship with his higher power, with the universe, with his purpose, and with his fellow man, in order to overcome his sense of incompetence, perhaps, feelings of self-doubt, of low self-worth, of low self-esteem, feelings that we all feel all the time as well. Well, a lot of us, I don't know if everybody, of course, (laughs) our goal in our surrender in finding spirituality and faith is exemplified by these two tensions in each of us. We need to embody both of these seemingly irreconcilable types within ourselves, trying to find both dignity and redemption. To use our usual both-and metaphor, instead of either-or, to step away from the binary, as always, we, of course, are both atoms, or find both atoms within us. Only when we find them both, when we identify them both, when we know who they are, when we see them in ourselves, the submissive and the dominant, can we understand the tension and, indeed, the balance of them. We can never fully realize the goals of either atoms, And because of that, we have to be in constant examination and in constant struggle, which in turn creates that loneliness, a sudden pain, a sudden hole. So Lovetje calls it ontological loneliness. Ontological meaning relating to the existence. You might think, how exhausting, how sad. But I say also how freeing to know that this feeling inside, this sense of not sure about my purpose is built into us. All of us. It is the core of the human condition. It binds us all. We all feel it. Every single person you see. Surrender is acknowledging this and allowing us to channel our Adam 2. Adam 1 in us wants us to conquer and understand. Adam 2 allows us to say, I'm here. How can I serve? What can I learn? Lest you see him as a miserable man. He is not. Adam 2 is where my uniqueness comes from. Through Adam 2, we allow ourselves to say, I am not in control. I have to be part of the world and not try to dominate it. I need to learn from my mistakes. I need to fail forward, not to waste a potential lesson. You see, if dignity is discovered at the summit of success, redemption is in the depth of the crisis and failure. I can only find that redemption in my surrender. I can only grow from my surrender, my adam to my very human existence. I let go of my fears of judgment. I let go of my fears of other people's judgment and my own. I let go of my shame and my guilt because who has not failed? Everybody has Adam-2 in them, everyone. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I've said before that I don't think God cares. I think God is preoccupied with itself. And the overflow of that occupation with itself is the divinity we experience, the goodness we experience, the inspiration we experience, the overflow of him thinking about himself. You also heard me say that if God does not care, I must. That is my credo. When humanity is created in the same chapters we're talking about with the atoms, it says that man was created in God's image. Every person in God's image. Betzalmo, Betzalmeno, Betselem. So when I want to see God, I look at you. In your eyes, in your face, in your existence. That is where God is in this world. Want to talk to God? Talk to a person. Connect. It makes it easy to surrender because you are surrendered to the self in a way. You're surrendering to yourself, in a way, to the same self that you see reflected in somebody else. Surrender, for many, is hard because they think it's capitulation, losing a battle. But in fact, it's the opposite. It's allowing us, as we said, to take a step back and be confronted by a higher power every day. The power of the human condition, our shared vulnerability, emphasis on shared. That feeling we get when we understand that in our loneliness, we are not alone, in fact. As always, mutual vulnerability fosters closeness. Okay, let's get practical for a bit. Here are a few ways to see it and practice some of it. Food. The most common blessing over food in the Jewish liturgy is Hamotzi. Right? Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Even as a kid, I wondered, does God bring forth bread from the earth? Shouldn't the prayer say, Shouldn't it say, right, he who brings forth bread from the bakery, from the store? My grandfather didn't like that at all. <laughs> bread comes from a bakery, I said as a kid. Bread has to be made, we know. Grains grow in the ground, and they have to be harvested, processed, etc., etc., so why do we acknowledge God and not human beings as the ones who are responsible for bringing forth the bread that we eat? Why? Because we invite God into this. We decide that, yes, we work to make the bread, work really hard, but we don't want to take all the credit. We want to leave some room for the magic, the magic of the vine, nature, the universe, science. We create space for something else. Some force that moves us and moves the world. This paradox again of Jewish faith. There are so many of them. Only by creating space for something or someone else do we truly achieve some redemption. Looking at that bread as we are about to eat, not patting ourselves on the back, practicing looking away from ourselves, not just navel-gazing at ourselves. So the question is, how do you create space for others in your life? Surrender might be, how do you create space for a higher power in your life? When do you invite him in, her in, it? We also have interpersonal surrender. Right. Another way to practice this is by asking forgiveness. Asking for forgiveness means to surrender yourself emotionally to the power of another person. But it is your choice to do so. Saying I'm sorry and making yourself vulnerable to another person as we said, means that we are seeing the image of God in another person and thus allowing them to guide us with their response. And then there's, of course, theological surrender, spiritual surrender, religious surrender, if you will. Prayer. Prayer is important. The Shema, for example, the famous Jewish core belief and mantra, right, is called Ol Malchut Shamaim, the yoke of heaven. When we recite the Shema, here Israel, thy Lord is God, thy Lord is one. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. We surrender. We allow for the forces of the universe, our higher power, nature, law, whatever you think is right for you. To be acknowledged. It takes away some of our responsibility for the world and creates space for other forces. Conscious or not. We bow our head close our eyes and say, I trust, I let go. I allow to not be the sole force around here. I too move to forces beyond me. When I let go, I stop being consumed with myself, my wants, my needs. I use the force of will of Adam the first to say a prayer with Adam the second. At the end of the day, I see it this way, spirituality, God. Think of H2O, water. In L.A., it looks like the ocean. You can bathe in it, you can immerse yourself in it, or you can open the tap and drink it, smell it. In Antarctica, you can build with it, walk on it. In the Sahara, you can't even feel it or just perceiving its absence from there. In the Amazon, you can be drenched by it. It's the same, always H2O like God or surrender, like higher power. How you encounter it is entirely dependent on you and where you are and your attitude. The essence of it is always the same. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Tattoos of Torah. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and any other platform that you are listening to for your podcast. Check out chuvacenter.org for all the other groups and all the other teachings that we offer. We offer plenty of other resources. Thank you again. We'll see you next Friday.